we've asked some people to come and share their experience of cafe, what they've done, what they've got out of it. I have no idea what anyone's going to say. I haven't vetted it. I haven't been through it. So it'll be a surprise to me as much as to you. So Jeffrey is going to go first, as he's just discovered. <laughs> Thank you. Was it Shakespeare who said, they also serve who only stand and wait? He should have said, wait at table, shouldn't he? Thank you very much for um, coming this morning. It works when people wait on each other. And uh, very few people, I hope, this morning are sitting there thinking, if only I could find somebody to talk to. Uh, I, I serve on a Monday. A Monday morning is not a great time in the week for uh, me, so I might as well come along here. And when I come here, I find people uh, also getting up at 9 o'clock or rather getting to their own day at nine o'clock because they've dropped the children off elsewhere, often at Noah's Ark. And they come along here and it's quite quiet, really quiet. There might only be ten people here between nine o'clock and half past nine. And then as the morning goes on, more people come and more conversations take place. The kind of conversations between ladies and grannies and uh, elderly ladies who... who um, that, that I don't appreciate. I just weave my way in, and when I hear words like maternity unit, I, I pick up the cup of coffee and I back off. <clears throat> I dearly love to stir a bit, but I'm not allowed to. I shove everything in a machine here, and I stand against the wall, and I say, you don't have to say anything, Jeffrey. You just have to watch. You just have to bless. And whether people are here on their own or come here regularly to meet other people by arrangement, all they need to do is to ask for blessing, to give a blessing, or just, as it were, be in the non-religious, non-faith mode. Somebody will come along and say something to them, even if it's only, uh, I see you've spilt your tea all over the floor, can I do something about it? Uh, we do have all sorts here, and uh, folk need help. They need help with their baby rearing, they need help with relationships. The odd blokes who come in here aren't odd, they just come by themselves. And um, <clears throat> even they chat to me, and uh, it's helpful to have such a community of individuals. Um, an army marches on its stomach. The Salvation Army marches on its music. We march on things like blessings and worship. We don't always see blessings. I don't know whether you're being blessed now. I'll find out later, maybe decades later. Sometimes we hear ladies say, this place is such a blessing. I don't know how I'd manage without it. Sometimes people come for miles around. You'd be amazed. Thank you for coming for not so many miles around. Thank you for being a blessing one to another this morning. Please forgive uh, folk who are busy or even over busy, even at a function like this. We've all got our strong strengths and our weaknesses. 
And it's good sometimes to let the weaknesses show through because that allows conversations to flow more easily. I've been blessed by another half a minute, uh, another half a minute, in which to thank the team because they've adopted me as a, the man. I'm known as the man by the two-year-olds. <laughs> Go and give your cup to the man. I'm pleased to be the man. I don't have to do manly things. In fact, I do quite ordinary things like push buttons. But um, in weakness there is strength, and in overweening strength there is weakness. So I've had to find my place as well, coming out of retirement and finding there are jobs for folk like me to do. That's very good. Thank you for those among you who are going to be helping at CAFE, whether you know it or not, willy-nilly, whether the God wills it or not. Some of you will want to. Just come and ask whether you can volunteer. I'm sure somebody will say yes sometime. Thank you. You didn't think it was going to be that spiritual, did you? Thank you. Thank you, Geoffrey. Next, we have Chloe who, um, well, I'll let her introduce herself. <laughs> or should I say themselves? <laughs> I'm just fat, really, Caroline. <laughs> Hi, as Caroline said, I'm Chloe. I've been coming to Cairns Road on a Friday for nearly nine years now, on and off, as a customer to begin with. I came, like so many of us of us, I came along with my antenatal group when we got too big and the babies got too big to all fit into each other's houses. And I didn't know then how this place would change my life. I carried on coming with my son, who is very nearly nine, coming every Friday, meeting up with my friends. And gradually they all said all oh, their children were growing out of this place. They were all getting a bit too old and they all fell by the wayside. But not Ethan. Ethan would still come every week, if allowed. In fact, any time there's an inset day, it's like, Mummy, Mummy, can we go to Cairns Road? Please, I want a panini. <laughs> That's all he wants. And cake. Definitely cake as well. But gradually I realised I was coming here and I didn't know many people that I'd come with to begin with, but I knew all the staff. And I also fell in love with the paninis and the cakes. And to make sure I carried on getting them, I arranged Ethan's nursery place to make sure I could still come every Friday. And then I thought, well, something's going to happen here. By this time, I'd have my daughter as well. And I thought, I've got to carry on coming here. Even when Ethan goes to school, I've got to carry on coming. So I gradually sort of worked my way into the corner, clearing a few tables, occasionally putting a few things in the dishwasher basket. And somehow from there, I just kind of forced my way into the team and just basically said, I'm here, I'm here to help whether you like it or not. <laughs> and they have no choice, because I just wanted to carry on coming for my paninis and my cakes. <laughs> and this place has just been amazing for me. It's got me through some of the hardest times in my life. It's got me through one of the worst divorces in history. 
a court injunction against my ex-husband when I was too scared to go home, but I could come here, I could be with my friends, with the team, and we could all pray together, and I felt safe. And I don't think I've ever found a place where I can feel as safe and as comfy as I do here. And so, really, I just carried on coming in every Friday, running the dishwasher, being told nobody else can load the dishwasher quite like me. (laughs) And I get very upset when the cups misbehave and turn upside down and fill up with water. And then finally last year, after all my experience of volunteering here, I went out into the big wide world again and got a job. That was last February. And as Dave said, it's maybe slightly extreme measures, but working life wasn't for me. I decided to get pregnant again so I could carry on coming back here. (laughs) As soon as I went on maternity leave before Christmas, I've been back here virtually every Friday again, loading the dishwasher and eating paninis. (laughs) And being with my friends and being somewhere where I feel safe and feel appreciated and feel loved. Yeah, so it is a baby. It isn't just paninis. (laughs) Um, Next, thanks, Chloe. Next, we've got Kaz, who's part of our team, who works behind the counter, in front of the counter, just about everywhere. So I'll hand you over to Kaz. Hi, it seems right that I should go after Chloe, Sim it's actually her fault that I'm now part of the team. Me and Chloe became friends, funny enough, through her Avon delivery. We started off just me being Avon customer, ended up as well. She's now more like my big sister. Chloe said to me, come on, come along to cafe. And I sat in the corner, didn't talk to anybody. And gradually I started to come out of my shell and I ended up volunteering as well on a Friday. And I read one of the news notices. They said they needed someone to help on a Monday, Wednesday and Friday. So I thought, why not? Didn't think for a minute I'd get the job. But I did. And almost two years later, I'm still here. I'll be honest, I've almost handed in my notice more than one occasion. But something, I don't know what it is, keeps me coming back. And this place to me now is like coming home. I walk in and I'm home. I feel safe, secure. And this place just makes me feel amazing. I've been through some of the most difficult times of my life being here. And I don't think I could have got through them without everybody, without Caroline, without Carol, without any of the team. So thank you to all of you. Thanks, Kaz. And next we've got Helen, who you might have seen. Oh, actually can see now up there. Hello, I'm Helen, um, and I'm currently running Mainy Music on a Friday morning, having taken over from the lovely Elsa, who did it for about five years. Um, My association with Cairns Road Baptist Church probably almost goes back ten years, because I have four children, uh, one of whom is here today. Um, And I first came here on a Thursday when there was a very, very busy uh, toddler group. And then um, gradually, when that toddler group didn't run anymore, Mainly music happened, and I brought my then one-year-old son, who is now six, along to that. And I love 
Mainy Music. Mainy Music is such a blessing um, in many ways. For me, as um, a mother at the time of three children, I liked it because the songs were different. And when you've been doing the rounds of toddler groups like I've been doing, there's only so many times you can sing the wheels on the bus with real enthusiasm. Um, so I loved the songs, but I also loved the fact that it was very much about uh, reflecting on, on God and uh, the fact that we are all special to God, we are all unique to God, um, and looking at his creation. And we don't do it in a very big way, because I think for some people that would, that would be too much. But throughout every session, there is this idea that, uh, that God loves us all and we're special to him. Uh, we try, it doesn't always work, uh, to start each session with a, a prayer before the people arrive and we pray for the families that come that the technology is going to work that's often when we don't get time to pray very well because we're often having problems um and it is just such a fun thing to do now you'll that's another great picture of me Um, (laughs) the children absolutely love it and the parents get something from it and i one small story, there's a little boy called, well, that's his little sister, Nella, a little boy called Harry, you will see up there, because he's got very blonde hair, and um, him and mum had come along with the little baby, and she'd had a bit of a bad morning, she'd had to shout at him, I don't know, it's over breakfast, he wasn't eating his breakfast, he threw it somewhere, and uh, so she, but she came along, she came along, she was feeling a bit stressed, and... Um, our last song that we did is a lovely song um, sort of got about all the things that God has made in the world. And uh, we sang this one with God made the moon, God made the stars, and God made you and God made me and we're all special and all that. And she's got, she got peace from it. Now, I don't know much about her Christian faith. I've not explored it with her. But the fact that she felt that peace, having had a rather fractured morning, as we all do with children of a certain age or any age really so I think for me that is the blessing of it in so many different ways people come they have fun we get to know the families um Chloe's been a big part of mainly music on and off so yes I, I would say going back to Jeffrey about blessings mainly music is definitely um, a, a big blessing thank you thanks Helen Jill, can I ask you? <laughs> I made it sound like I just landed it on Jill, but I did check beforehand. <laughs> um, I come up with something a little different. Um, I can't, I'm, I'm astonished to hear this nine years, 11 years, and all the rest of it. How long have we, how long has the cafe been going? Pardon? 2005, however many years that was ago. Um, I came, I was talking to the then minister of the church then, and nothing of this existed at all. And we were talking about um, how the church could develop and what could be done. And I just said to him, of course, one of the things I'd love to do is for us to have a cafe. And then people like me, we could come in, you know, the older people in the area, we could come in and have a nice quiet cup of coffee and a piece of cake. Um, And I just think it's such a good ministry because this area has got a lot of older people living in it. So he said, okay, then would you like to start it? So I thought, well, that isn't exactly what I thought, but never mind. Uh, At that time, we had a student pastor, Simon Chapman, and he and I, a couple of, well, I suppose a week or so later, 
went down to Ikea and we thought, shall we get, how many cups and saucers and plates shall we get? So we thought, well, let's really go for it. And we bought 30 cups and saucers and 30 plates and put them in the cupboard. And we had tables out in the foyer there. And um, I'm not sure that we did anything in the way of advertising except through church. And yes, a few people came in. And then somebody said, um, what about young people? I said, well, I don't think they really want to come into something like this. But anyway, because I'd got grandchildren, little grandchildren then, we did put a, a mat in the corner with a few children's toys. But I think then only a couple of people came. And then somebody said, no, look, what about offering breakfast, toast or b bacon butties or something? Because the mums will come, drop the children at, the, at Noah's Ark and want to come because most of them won't have had breakfast. Well, that didn't really take off. But then there was a certain amount of interest. And then I think it was fairly soon after that, I had to go away for three weeks. And um, I think it was Elaine who took over and took my place then. When I came back, I could not believe what had happened. The tables were in here. Down there, I think there was a bouncy castle, wasn't there, or something like that. And the place had loads of mums and children. I thought, where are my older people gone? <laughs> and it's grown from there. Of course, health and safety have said, don't, for goodness sake, have bouncy castle. We had to get in touch with environment people to, as far as the cooking and cakes. Because for my elderly, every week I didn't just make a chocolate cake and something else. And we only opened on a Wednesday morning. And, of course, the opening times in, uh, um, increased, so it was Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And more and more people came, and more and more people tell me how far they'd come. People coming from Barrow Gurney, Western Supermare, miles away. I just could not believe my eyes. So what have I learned from all this? I just think it's so thrilling to hear what people have said. And it's almost as though when we prayed about that coffee, cafe in the early days... Having set it up, it's almost as though God said, thanks ever so much for putting the cafe in place. Now I'll do with it what I want. And he took it and has made it what it is today and has blessed so many more people. Now I feel that is a tremendous lesson. When we pray, sometimes we don't know what the answer is going to be and it might be quite different from what we expect. So don't be surprised if when you pray for something, it turns out differently. But I just rejoice with everybody. I love coming down here. When, um, when the cafe had got going, I was looking after my preschool grandson. And it shows how it's grown. We used to have bean bags down there. And he used to tuck down on a bean bag and have his morning sleep while the world carried on around him. There's no way that could happen. But he's now 11, and he still says to me, Grandma, can we go down to your cafe? He still calls it my cafe. <laughs> but it's anything but. So thank you. Thanks, Jill. Claire?
Hello, just, just a couple of different thoughts to share. I, um, I work locally and um, quite a few faces I, I recognise from, uh, from work as well as, well as from here. And my perspective is from helping out a little bit in a cafe when it first started and was very small. And how important what happens here and at preschool Noah's Ark is to a lot of local people for making friends, for people having hard times, um, the children's work in uh, Noah's Ark, and particularly for children with, with disability. Um, it's been a fantastic, welcoming environment. So I think that is amazing. And, and the other thing that I have had connection with is the way it has um, brought uh, teenagers and young people in contact with preschool children. Um, my three children are all grown up now, um, and uh, they were all involved at varying stages, two boys and a girl, in helping either in cafe or in preschool. And it was a fantastic opportunity for them to meet small children. Uh, one of them's a teacher now, um, and my daughter, um, who helped in Noah's Ark, and was really surprised how much she enjoyed it, and is now working with um, refugee mums in Sheffield, uh, doing some children's work with them. And I just think that connecting of generations, which we don't see in many communities now, is, is really fantastic, and it goes both ways. The, the uh, young adults got a lot out of it, and I think the children and the mums enjoyed the teenagers, and also to see that actually teenage boys can be really very nice Nice. And I think that's very encouraging for mums of small, uh, rather overactive boys, that they can turn out to be really very nice young men. Thank you. I just actually want to second that because we've had Peter, my 14-year-old son, in doing work experience this week. And it's been so lovely for me as a mum to hear people say, it's really nice to work with him. It's nice to have him around and to talk to people who've been coming to the cafe and say, you know, this is my little boy. <laughs> Obviously, when they're two, they don't believe me. They just think he's a man. Um, we are relatively new as a team. We've had a lot of changes over the last couple of months. Um, and we've been incredibly busy in cafe. I'd like to ask Dave if he could pray for us as a team and that doesn't just include us but includes everybody who's involved um, thank you I'll just introduce to you who the team is because some of you might not know um, so Caroline has taken on the day-to-day -day management of um, the team and I'm sure most of you know her she's worked in cafe for a long time but it's a slightly different role for her and certainly a slightly expanded role um, and then we have Kaz and Claire who um, both work behind the counter and get out to talk to people whenever they can um, and Kate has recently joined the team and she does all the baking. Um, and we have never been so busy. Um, and since, certainly since Christmas, we have had, an, well, almost without exception, days that have exceed, you know, the t where the takings have exceeded anything we've ever done before. So that's been quite overwhelming um, for Kate, but she's keeping up with the baking. <laughs> Bronwyn had said to me when she left that um, we get through between 
9 and 15 large sort of cakes or tray bakes every week, not counting um, the children's cakes, of which uh, there are numerous. Um, But certainly since Christmas, that has been an underestimation. So poor Kate, it's been a baptism of fire, I'm afraid. She's right in there and doing that, but doing a great job. And then we have Sue, Sue Dutch, who um, unfortunately isn't here today, but she works um, on a Wednesday and as a, as a person who welcomes and talks to people. Um, and she also volunteers on a Friday. And then our other regular member of, of the team is Jeffrey, who is very faithful um, and is here every Monday, but quite often just pops in and says, just wondering if you needed a hand. It'll be just when we've sent somebody home ill or, or something like that. And he just appears at the right moment. So that's the team. And it would be really great if um, Dave would pray for them. Thanks. But I also want to add one or two things. Is if you come in here, I'm a bloke, and you've got so many young women around here with children, it's a scary place to be if you think, I need to sit down and talk to somebody. And it's quite difficult because people sit in their groups. But if somebody is sitting on their own, whether it's old or young, if it's a woman, I'll, I'll get a cup of tea, and when I do do it, I'll go up and say... Um, something, I'll see what the baby looks like and I'll just say, oh, how old is she? And that's the conversation started. So that's okay. If it's a bloke, my chat-up line for a bloke, though don't quote me on that, <laughs> is a, it's a scary place to be if you're on a, a bloke on your own amongst all these women, isn't it? And then we get talking. That's great. I've had interesting chats with a bloke from, who just popped over from Spain to look after his grandchildren who was here with his partner and then explained that his partner was his former wife. So I said, that's okay, I'm quite, quite used to the concept of resurrection. And that started a conversation. Um, you do get conversations about Jesus, but you don't force them. They arrive, and they arrive little by little, with friendships and, and so on, and, and curiosity. Uh, but to all of you who are Christians here, which I guess is virtually all of us, I want to ask you a question that I was asked sitting at this table by May, who has a Chinese background, Chinese parents, and, a, and an atheist background. And we were talking about faith and my faith, and she was asking me questions. And her question was, so if they were able to prove conclusively that there is no God, how would that, what difference would that make to you? Now, I know that it's easy to say, but there is a God, but that's not the answer you give. We believe in God, but if, just put yourself in this hypothetical situation, if somebody proved conclusively there is no God, what difference would that make to your life? I found it quite a challenge. Shall we pray? Heavenly Father, we do believe in you and we praise you. Uh, we thank you, Lord, for the idea which started this and, and the thank you for the way you developed it. We thank you for these people who have spoken to us today. We thank you for the good effect that it's had upon their lives and the challenge that they've been to us as well. 
We thank you, Lord, that this is a ministry of Cairns Road and not just of the people who come during the week. We thank you, Lord, for that. But now we pray for the team. We pray for the team who have to set up and, uh, and wash up and, and speak to people and serve people and have to get on together with each other and have to make decisions and have crises and, and difficulties. And uh, We pray for them, Lord, in all these things and we pray for them as they get alongside uh, mums and granddads and carers and, uh, and people who come in here with issues that are really burdening them down. At least two of the people here, Lord, you heard them, you know the truth, have been through some of the hardest things in their life and have been through them in the company of the team here. And we pray for the team that you will anoint them as a unit together, that you will fill them with your Holy Spirit, you will bless them with kindness and goodness and carefulness. We pray that you, you will grant to them the words to speak when words are needed, and the actions to, 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 to take when words are insufficient. And we just pray, Lord, that you'll pour through them the blessing of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we as a unit, Lord, together with one voice, say, may this work be blessed in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, I hope that this morning has given you a taste of what happens during the week. It is just as chaotic, it is just as noisy, it's just as friendly and bubbly and special. It's just as special. Um, we call it cafe, but it is just what you have here. It can happen on any day of the week. It can happen on Sunday, Monday, whatever. Um, last autumn, uh, we were asked, Carol and I and the team were asked, would we bring some stories from our workplace, just like everyone in the church was asked. And then things kind of went on a little bit and it all got a bit muddly. And we eventually, Carol and I had the conversation, well, what would we really like to do? So what we decided was that we would like to share the confidence that we have and the vision that we have that this space we have here continues to be a church throughout the week. A cafe doesn't fit any kind of traditional church model, but I don't think it has to. And the cafe team, we share Christian values and we support each other in our faith. We pray together. We encourage each other on our journey through life with God and to a better understanding of what the life and teaching of Jesus means to us and how we can all follow this. We've had a baptism here. Kaz was baptized here during a cafe session about a year ago. About a year ago. That was amazing. People who we thought wouldn't even turn up were there right at the front. What's going on? Why are you doing this? Asking questions. And it was such a lovely atmosphere and such a brilliant day. Um, 
the other week we thought Chloe was going to have a baby in cafe. We're prepared for anything. Um, our team isn't exclusive. It extends out, as you've heard from Chloe, it extends out to people who want to join us. And people do want to join us for a day, for a period of time, or in Chloe's case, forever. And, um, and that's great. We make friends here. You know, we can call it building relationships, but what we're doing is making friends here. And some of those friendships last. And I thank everybody who has come here this morning because of friendship, because they want to be here. Now, you've seen the busyness. It's so easy to get sidetracked in cafe into practical everyday work. Jesus knew about this. He knew about our human concern with making things happen. He spoke to Mary and Martha about that. He knows how at times we find the busyness and the business of life overwhelming. And we just got a human need to get things sorted. The job Getting done overrides listening to him. And we tried so hard not to let that happen here. We tried to make time to stop, to listen, to look. You know, I sometimes just look around the room, like Jeffrey was saying. Look around the room, see if I can spot. Is there a little something that just is pulling me towards someone or something that's prompting me to say something to someone. We try to listen to what God is doing in this space. And what a fantastic space we have here. It is a generous gift that we've been given. And we've got an enterprise, cake, which brings people together, no doubt about it. So we've got the space, we've got the cake... And we open the doors. At 9 a.m., we open the doors. And we have no idea what the day will bring. We, we can't even, we've learned, we, there's no point guessing how many people. Um, the beginning of the week when we had all that snow, we had the busiest two days I have ever known. And then we had a few inches of snow. And on the Friday, we had the quietest day that I've ever known. We have rushed off our feet. Monday and Wednesday. Friday, Sue and I made it in, and I think there were a dozen people through the doors the whole day. And there was one mum who came in, settled down, got her children playing, came up to the counter and said to me, I'm new here. Is it always like this? (laughs) There were six people in the room at the time, and two of them were Sue and me. How can I explain to her, no, it's not? But it's good. So that was the dilemma we had this morning. How can we explain? We can't explain cafe, but we can show you cafe. And this is what cafe is. It's unpredictable, and that's part of what makes it fun and interesting. If every day was the same, every day would be the same, but it isn't. 
when I started in CAFE, I soon realised that I should be prepared for absolutely anything. My role was to be in the room to oversee safety, to make sure that people got somewhere to sit, do a bit of clearing up, chat to people, try to get to know a few faces and remember names. And... Um, and so within the first few weeks, I, I realised I've got to talk to people, complete strangers. How do you go up to a complete stranger and make friends? So I go up to people and I say, hi, how are you? How's your week? Who are you here with today? And I've never had anybody question why I'm being so nosy. And sometimes the answer is, great, I'm having a really good week. So, you know, one of their children's just got over something or moved on to another stage and it's lovely. But sometimes I've had, actually, I've had a really bad week. My husband's left me. He tried to break into the house, so I've had to change the locks. He tried to take my car. He's taken all the money out of our joint account. I don't know where he is, and I don't know how to pay the bills at the end of the month. And that was a response that came from, Hi, how are you? I'm a stranger, they're a stranger. This is somebody who just needs somebody to talk to at that moment. I don't know what people are coming here with. None of us do. So we must be prepared. But I don't believe that anyone comes here by accident. They don't walk into this building and think that they've walked into a supermarket. They come here knowing it's a church. It's quite clear outside. When all the letters are up, it's quite clear that it's Cairns Road Baptist Church. When they're not up, it's Cairns Baptist Church. But they still know that it is a church. Um, a lot of people come in here and think that we've got a traditional church hall squirreled away somewhere with an altar and pews. And they're quite shocked to find that, no, actually, this is where the business of worship happens in here. Um, so we've opened the doors and we don't know who's coming in, but I do believe God sends people here. They're not coming by accident. He's sending. So we've got a responsibility and an opportunity to do something with those people. Um, we can be practical. We can serve. We can provide cake and coffee. We provide a safe, warm, comfortable environment. Honest prices, honest people. Uh, we smile and we welcome people. And we try to remember their name. We can listen, and we can advise, and we can be honest. And here, if anywhere, we can stand up and be Christians and feel that we've got a right to. It is a church. We are Christians. We belong here. It's kind of what people expect from us. And you won't find this in any textbook, but my rule of thumb is that if I know someone well enough to recommend a washing powder or my taste in music, then I can also recommend that, you know, I pray and I find comfort in prayer and I find a great deal of comfort in following Jesus. It doesn't often come out like that in conversation, but sometimes it does, and it comes out through what we do and who we are and how we talk to people. Um, keeping the doors open, I've always felt so passionate that we should keep the doors open here. If God's sending people and that door is closed, then 
we've done something wrong. We haven't listened to him. And however we would like it to be otherwise, there are physical barriers, there are emotional barriers to people coming in between the church and the people who are just passing by. So by having the cafe, by having the cake, by having and creating an enterprise where hopefully those barriers are down, then we're not in any way lulling people in false pretenses. Come on, get in. Right, let's see if we can make you into a Christian. We're coming, come in, be, absorb the place. Get to know people. Get to know what we do here. Find out that we're honest, that we're not as weird as maybe you thought we were, or some of us are, obviously. Um, And it's a place where, you know, is it, I've written this down and I I thought this morning, I don't know whether to say that. Is it a place where the kingdom of God and the world can exist in harmony? I would so love it to be like that. Where actually we can just have conversations about God. Or we can have conversations about washing powder. Depends what people are needing at that moment. Um, The other week I'm afraid I was half listening to somebody who was speaking And uh, it was my fault. I drifted away, and I was looking at the floor. Look at all the floor tiles here, and I was thinking, it's been down quite a long time. I wonder how many of those tiles have had somebody standing on them that's had a real encounter with God. And what if we had a kind of spiritual heat-sensitive camera, and we could see that? So somebody who's had a real, real experience with God, it would glow a nice bright yellow. And somebody who's just kind of had a bit of a mild encounter might be a blue. So how long would that heat last? Would it last till next Sunday? Would it last forever? And what about during the week? People are still encountering God here during the week. So it maybe lights up like a disco floor where people are having encounters. We can't see that. Wouldn't it be so lovely if we could? If we just look at these tiles and think, maybe what we're doing during the week is keeping that spiritual momentum alive here. We're keeping the flow going. I know I've often said that on a day where we have no meaningful conversation with any customer whatsoever, I've yet to have a day like that, but if we did, then... We've still got our team. We're still supporting a fantastic team with a Christian ethos, supporting each other in faith, praying together. We still have that team. That team is still keeping the spiritual momentum going throughout the week. And then we've got all the people that come in the door. So, somebody who doesn't go to church had said to me, Jesus wasn't just one of those people who read from a book and explained what it meant and then stepped down. He was somebody who went out and he spoke to people who he just happened to encounter. And he said to them, let me tell you about this bloke I know, this woman I met, somebody I know, I've heard of. 
this is what happened to them. What do you think? And he said, this is what I think. This is what I know. Why don't you go away and think about it? And he went out. He walked around. He got messy. He got tired. He got angry. He got frustrated. He wept. He answered questions and he listened. And he spoke to people and he gave them new ideas. It kind of sounds like the average cafe day. (laughs) Especially the weeping. Um, We've had... From time to time, we use the PowerPoint to put up stories or, or phrases or whatever. Um, and we had a series where we'd all chosen a character from the Bible who inspired us in some way. And I chose a blind man who Jesus met. And it's from Mark chapter 8, verses 22 to 26. And it says, And they came to Bethsaida... And some people brought him a blind man and begged him to touch him. And he took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the village. And when he had spit in his eyes and laid his hands on him, he asked, Do you see anything? And he looked up and said, I see people, but they look like trees walking. Then Jesus laid his hands on his eyes again And he opened his eyes, his sight was restored, and he saw everything clearly. And he sent him home, saying, Do not even enter the village. And I find this story fascinating because it's just weird. It's not what I ever expected Jesus to do. Everything about it is peculiar. Why does he do this? I was reading it again the other day, and I thought what really came out to me was he didn't just wave a magic wand. He didn't say, right, you're healed, on to the next one. He spent some time with this man. He took him by the hand. He led him somewhere private, maybe private, but out of the village. He spit on him. He touched him. And then he said, what, what do you see now? What do you see now? And he listened. And the man told him. And I had a really interesting conversation with a chap in cafe. I'm sure wouldn't mind me saying. We were talking about this. And he, he is not interested in church. But he's quite interested in spirituality and, and what we see of God. And he said, I know what that man was seeing. He was seeing people with no spiritual dimension. And they were people who looked like trees because trees have no spiritual dimension. I thought, you know, he could be right. This was just a conversation that came out of having the story up. I've got an insight. Hopefully, other people have got an insight into it. I, I was really anxious about this morning. <laughs> I was really nervous because I felt like 
we've got two groups of people. We've got cafe, we've got church, we've got church people who are coming to cafe but maybe still wanting church. We've got cafe people who are coming to church but maybe still wanting cafe. And actually, it's been amazing this morning. The atmosphere when everyone came in, it was, the music was great. Thank you very much. Uh, the children have been happy. They've been getting along together, playing, making new friends. Hopefully, we've been happy eating cake, getting along together, making new friends. It was such a lovely sound in here. A lively, alive sound. And... I, I'll be honest, I'm not here during the week trying to persuade people to come on Sunday. And I'm not here this Sunday trying to persuade anybody to come during the week. But if we can make this one morning a little oasis, a bridge between the two, wouldn't that be fantastic? That's what I was thinking this morning. And I have to be honest and say, I think that's what's happened today. Um, I had a dream. I'm nearly done, honestly. I had a dream, and there were two sets of people, two different worlds with an invisible, impenetrable barrier between them. And one set of people, one world, and everything in it was blue, and only blue. And on the other side of the barrier, there were people all different colors of the rainbow, and everything in it was all different colors of the rainbow. So when the rainbow people look through, they can see everything in the blue world because they can see blue. When the blue people look through, they can only see the blue in the rainbow world and they don't realize that they can't see things because they've never experienced any other color than blue. So how do you communicate between the two? And it does sometimes feel like we have that barrier between us and other people. How do I describe the colors of my world to you? How do you describe the colors of your world? How do you describe seeing spiritual things to somebody who's never seen them or hasn't even realized that they've never seen them? How do you describe what's missing? I think you start with trust and you start like Jesus did by listening and saying, what do you see now? What do you see? What do you believe? What's your world like? My world, maybe it's a bit different. I see different things. I see different colors. I see spiritual things. And we can listen, and it's such a perfect place here to chat, to listen, chat a bit more, listen a bit more. Um, there are three things, I think they've been mentioned, that we hear a lot in cafe. One is that this place has a very special atmosphere. The second is that this place is a lifesaver. And the third is, how do you do this here? And can you tell me how to do it in my church? Um, it's a privilege that we get to hear this on everyone's behalf. It's a privilege that we get to be here, to share, and to 
walk alongside God during the week and to witness what he's doing here. So would you please support us with your prayers? That's all I'm asking. Thank you.